That last layer of fat that won't go away no matter how hard you work out or diet can be really frustrating. But eating even less and exercising more can make stubborn fat even more stubborn. Before I started doing things like personal training and fitness modeling, I had that last layer of stubborn fat myself. The same stubborn fat that I struggled to get rid of since I was a kid. And it prevented me from seeing a full six pack. Over time, I was able to learn what to do to get rid of that last layer of fat, and I've been able to help many people do the same. Now, if you're struggling with stubborn fat, I'm willing to bet that your problem areas are either around your belly, love handles, hips, or thighs, or maybe even a combination of a few of these areas. These four areas tend to be the last spots to go because they're ideal sites for your body to store subcutaneous fat, which is the fat that sits right under your skin and is more stubborn than visceral fat, which is the fat that sits around your organs. This stubborn subcutaneous fat will typically also have a low blood supply and it's more reactive to insulin, which is your fat storage hormone. We wanna get rid of this fat because unfortunately, it can make you either look top heavy or bottom heavy, and it'll also make it almost impossible to see your abs. But fortunately, I have a solution for you today. So make sure that you watch the entire video until the end and take some notes so you can implement all the tips that I'm gonna share with you because only focusing on a few instead of all of them will lead to subpar results. First, you have to understand that even though you will have to be in a calorie deficit to burn any fat, this is usually more than just a calories in, calories out problem. After all, if this was a calorie problem, you would just continue cutting calories until all your stubborn fat was gone. But I'm sure at this point, you've already found out that as you get leaner, it gets harder and harder to get even leaner. The truth is that fat loss isn't a one-step process where you simply cut calories and boom, your body takes those calories from your fat cells. In reality, first is the process of lipolysis, where fat is released from the fat cell. Next, the fat needs to travel through the bloodstream to get to another cell where it'll be used for energy. If blood flow to an area is poor, like it typically is with subcutaneous stubborn fat, then there's a good chance that that same fat that was released through lipolysis will be stored right back where it was originally found. But if that fat does make it through the bloodstream, the last step is lipid oxidation, where another cell will finally burn that fat for energy. Now the big problem with stubborn fat is that it'll release fat a lot slower than non-stubborn fat. This is due to two different types of receptors found in fat cells, alpha receptors and beta receptors. The alpha receptors will slow the rate that your fat cells release fat, while the beta receptors will speed up fat release. Unfortunately, stubborn fat is high in alpha receptors and low in beta receptors, which is another reason why it's so hard to get rid of. Again, this is coupled with the fact that stubborn fat is more reactive to insulin, making it easier to store fat there and harder to burn it from there. On top of all of that, an impaired thyroid function, high insulin levels, and high estrogen levels can all impact the ratio of alpha to beta receptors, further leading to even slower fat loss. We want to instead get our thyroid activity, insulin, and estrogen levels in check to increase the ratio of beta to alpha receptors so we could burn fat faster. Now, if you didn't catch all that, the bottom line is that stubborn fat is truly harder to burn from a biological standpoint, and restricting calories further and further will likely just result in a series of hormonal changes that lead to a higher expression of alpha receptors, 
causing slower and more stubborn fat loss. So what do we do about this problem? Well, first of all, you need to stop the traditional route of dieting. When you continuously cut calories, it won't take long until you come crashing headfirst into a wall known as adaptive thermogenesis. This is essentially the slowing down of your metabolism to make up for the decreased amount of calories that you're taking in. Most people believe that this is due to a loss in muscle mass, but the change in metabolism goes beyond what could be attributed to muscle loss alone. When you continuously cut your calories, your leptin levels will drop and your ghrelin levels will rise, making you feel hungrier while further slowing your metabolism as well as your thyroid activity. This is especially the case as you get leaner and leaner. So the solution to this is cyclical dieting. Alternating between periods of overeating and periods of undereating can help drive up leptin levels and reduce metabolic compensation, ultimately slowing the decline of your metabolism. This will also help you avoid the thyroid slowdown that comes from regular continuous energy restriction type diets. By keeping your thyroid in check while you're dieting, you'll also keep the alpha and beta receptors found in your fat cells in a more optimal ratio for fat loss, further helping you burn that stubborn fat. Numerous studies also show that intermittent energy restriction is superior to continuous energy restriction for fat loss and for improving insulin sensitivity. And many people find them a lot easier to stick to. There are many cyclical diet plans out there, but one that would be particularly helpful for stubborn fat is something known as a Matador Intermittent Diet Plan. Matador is an acronym that stands for Minimizing Adaptive Thermogenesis and Deactivating Obesity Rebound. With this plan, you would first apply a more aggressive reduction in calories. A regular reduction is around 20% below maintenance. For an aggressive reduction, you would drop around 30 to 35% from maintenance for two weeks, and then you would bump your calories all the way back up to maintenance levels and eat normally for two weeks. Two weeks is the ideal time to implement these diet breaks because that's around the time when your metabolism will become fully adapted to the number of calories that you're taking in on a daily basis. By only dieting for two week intervals, there's much less of a hit to your hormone health and metabolism like there would be with most traditional continuous energy restriction type strategies. An example of how you would set this up would be if your maintenance calories were let's say 2000 per day, you would subtract 30%, which would be 600 calories, meaning you would only eat 1400 calories per day for two weeks before switching back to your maintenance number of 2000 calories for the next two weeks. In the Matador study, they actually compared a group that followed this intermittent two weeks on and two weeks off approach to another group that just continuously restricted their calories, traditional dieting. After 16 weeks, significantly greater weight and fat loss was achieved with the intermittent approach, while the continuous calorie restriction approach started to plateau. When looking at the changes to the two groups' metabolisms or their resting energy expenditures, you can see that the Matador group started off with the biggest drop in their metabolic rate. This is probably due to the more aggressive 30 to 35% deficit. But what you see throughout the study is as the weeks go by, the metabolic rate for the continuous dieting group continues to decline while the Matador group shoots back up thanks to the diet breaks. A slower metabolism due to adaptive thermogenesis is one of the number one reasons people regain body fat after losing it. So this finding that the Matador diet can help us avoid that slowdown is a big deal, especially for burning stubborn fat. And you can see just that play out in this study during the six months after the diet was over. The Matador group maintained the majority of their weight loss, while the continuous dieting group gained back almost all the weight they lost. 
The researchers of the study concluded that this intermittent approach can reduce the amount that your metabolism will slow down while dieting. Another cyclical diet plan that was actually one of the very first extremely effective ones that I came across about 10 years ago is carb cycling. A simple way to start carb cycling is to alternate between a high carb day, low carb day, and a no carb day. An example of this would be to have 250 grams of carbs on your high carb day, 100 grams of carbs on your low carb day, and then as close to zero on your no carb day. You can also have more fat on your low carb day and less fat on your high carb day to help you balance it out. Of course, the exact amount of carbs and fat that you would eat will depend on your body. To find out exactly how many carbs and fats you should be having, use my macro calculator in the description below. But by cycling carbohydrates like this, you should get less metabolic slowdown and less cravings. This is because studies show that having carb overfeeds like you would on your high carb days can increase your metabolism and improve the function of leptin. Overfeeding fat does not seem to provide the same effect. On your high carb days, you'll also be refueling muscle glycogen, which will give you more energy for your workouts and improve your performance. The last benefit of having high carb refeeds is that they'll have positive effects on your thyroid hormone as well as testosterone and cortisol levels. In fact, one particular study that compared a lower carb group to a higher carb group showed that the higher carb group had much better testosterone to cortisol ratios. The low and no carb days will provide their own benefits as well. The biggest benefit is that they'll help you improve your insulin sensitivity, which will make it easier to lose that stubborn fat. The last cyclical approach that I wanna go over today that you can also use to effectively get rid of that stubborn fat is intermittent fasting. The most common protocol for intermittent fasting is the 16-8 method where you would fast for 16 hours of the day and eat all your food within an eight hour feeding window. While the cycles here are a lot shorter than the two week cycles for the Matador diet, this is still a form of cyclical dieting. Intermittent fasting can be easier for some people to stick to for long enough to finally burn away their stubborn fat. There are also many other intermittent fasting protocols like the warrior diet that involves a 20 hour fast and the alternate day fast, which has you switching from a day of fasting to a day where you eat at maintenance levels. I could go on and on about intermittent fasting, but I already made a whole video that shows you exactly how to set up your own intermittent fasting plan from scratch. And I'll link that video up below in the description. But that about wraps it up for today, guys. I really hope this video has helped you out and that you've learned something new. Try at least one out of the three of these approaches if you have stubborn fat. They will definitely help. Also, if you're looking for a super simplified, streamlined approach that'll get you to lose that stubborn fat for good without any trial and error on your part, visit my website where we have challenges designed to help you drop 20 pounds or 5% of your body fat in only 42 days. With our program, you'll get a 42-day workout plan, a meal plan that's based on you, a recipe book, and you'll get an assigned accountability coach to help answer any questions you have and guide you through your transformation. To incentivize you to actually get the results that you're looking for, I also offer the challenge for free to anyone that simply doesn't cheat, doesn't quit, and actually completes the challenge. To find out more, you can click the link below in the description, or you can visit my website directly at gravitytransformation.com. I'll see you guys soon.